the following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. As I said, this is Opal Singleton, and we are going to have a very controversial show today, but uh, it's one that's piqued my interest, and it's something that I think needs to be said. Uh, This show is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. And we deal with human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography. And I've been doing that now over 10 years. It'll be 10 years next month. In fact, I was thinking it's July 11th, and I was thinking Million Kids needs to have like a a big party for our 10-year anniversary and uh, maybe even a fundraiser. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? So. Um, by the way, I, I do want to say thank you to everyone who supports this show and helps us raise the funding to keep on the air and also to educate around the world for prevention and intervention. I, I was just writing to a friend this morning about how hard it is to raise money for prevention and intervention. Everybody wants to help the victims. Well, there's a few hundred victims, and there are millions of kids that we need to keep out of this. And uh, so it's always an uphill battle, and I'm just grateful when people send a check in and, and donate. We have a couple of very, very faithful supporters, and I just want you to know how much you mean to me. And you know, it's um, it's hard to do the work and still raise the funding. Well, enough about that. Uh, we are going to talk about smuggling versus trafficking and just how much do cartels really make and how does all of this work? Now, this show is live. It goes out to 170 countries. Um, and I can see the numbers and where people are listening and like that. If you're in America and you want to call in, you can do that at one 472 5788 that is one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. Now, if you're listening through the evening shows or the archive shows, because this show replays several times, you won't be able to call in because I'm probably out making a speech somewhere. But if you're listening live right now, you can do that. But you can always send me a message at opalipmillionkids.org, by the way. All of these shows are archived for perpetuity at exploitedcrimes.com exploitedcrimes.com. Well, what triggered this whole line of thinking is an article that I've attached to the uh, promo on this. Uh, This article was in the Washington Post. Um, It was a fact checker analysis, and that's very important because it's hard to get real information on this subject, and it's written by Glenn Kessler, Uh, email the author it says on here. Now we're going to talk about smuggling versus trafficking and this is I suppose a controversial subject right now because all the talk that is going on about the wall and the border and illegal uh, 
undocumented immigration and, um, you know, even the controversy that's going on right now because President Trump has called MS-13 animals. Uh, you know, I am not interested in being political on this show in any way, but quite frankly, they're animals. I uh, I go along with uh, what his press secretary said is, if you can't call these people animals, you know, who we can. And, um, you know, I am not talking about illegal, undocumented migrant people. I know many of those people. They're not animals. That's like saying all blondes are blah, 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 or all, you know, people over 50 are blah, 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 blah. We're not talking about people who are uh, coming in as immigrants. We're not talking about that. We're talking about MS-13, and they are animals. And this is uh, something that we need to talk about here because I think our public, our people do not understand the financial implications in human smuggling and human trafficking. And that's, quite frankly, the only reason that it really exists is that it is major money being funneled to cartels. So with that, I'm going to just kind of get started here. Uh, What this is based on is that Homeland Security Secretary uh, Kirsten Nielsen made a testimony, gave a testimony before the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee on May 15th, so less than 10 days ago, May 15, 2018, since this show is archived. Now, this is the Secretary for Homeland Security, so supposedly she has access to a lot more documentation than you and I have. So I give it some credibility. One one of the things that I'm always very, very leery of is, you know, uh, trying to throw out statistics that are out there on the Internet. There is literally millions of kinds of attitudes and conversations about this And some of it's accurate and some is not. But I'm assuming that the Homeland Security Secretary has accurate statistics of people who have submitted official reports to her. She says in here, and quite frankly, I'm not even sure that's a she. I didn't look up to see her photograph, but I would guess Kirsten is a lady. Nielsen's claim that smuggling cartels made $500 million a year bringing people across the border U.S. border caught our eye after the Washington Times made it a main story of its print edition. Regular readers know that we've often warned about accepting at face value numbers concerning illicit activities such as human trafficking or smuggling, so we were curious to learn how this figure was developed. So this person is a fact analyzer trying to decide if Homeland Security knows what they're talking about. Quite frankly, I'm not sure what makes him more of an expert than the head of Homeland Security, but here we go. It was an interesting dialogue and a dialogue I believe that we should be having. Uh, Basically, he's saying the facts, the math is pretty simple. A Homeland Security official explained that the agency assumed that the transnational criminal organization receive an average of $5,000 per person smuggled, a number based on interviews with undocumented immigrants who are caught. 
DHS apprehends about 300,000 people a year who try illegally to cross the border each year. So the agency took one-third of that number, or 100,000, and multiplied it times 5,000, yielding a figure of 500 million. Now, I would say, based on what I am aware of in this business, that is a, a generous approach to wanting to be as accurate as you can be. You see, all of these statistics are hard to come by even when you're figuring human trafficking. Part of it is because there are many different penal codes that define trafficking and define, um, you know, pandering and prostitution and solicitation. And then you get into uh, pornography making and, and, uh, a child pornography where an underage minor's photo is sold. There are many, many charges against these people that are not grouped together when you're trying to build statistics. So what she's saying is, assuming we only count a third of the people that are that are estimated and we only assume they're paying $5,000, then that makes $500 million. Well, I really want to dissect that. I can't believe how quickly this segment has already gone, but I really want to dissect that in the next segment. $5,000 is the entry-level price, folks. I know. I work in this business. I know people who have actually crossed the border, many of them, quite frankly, and 5000 is the amount that you pay before you cross the border. But then there's an additional fee once you get here that nobody's talking about. And on top of it, they find ways to make money off of you after you get here. So she's assuming that this is only based on the 100,000 people that were intercepted. Now, we also know that that's probably, you know, at least twice as many that get through that are not intercepted. So these numbers are absolutely staggering. If you start to look at the reality of this, you could easily be getting near a trillion dollars. And that's what we're going to do in the next segment is I want to take this further and talk about how this plays out long term. This is There's a reason why these people are doing it, and it's called money in the bank. This is huge, huge enterprise. This money is being used to build entire societies that are outside the scope of law and order. So this is Opal Singleton. The show is Crimes Against Humanity, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest-growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are analyzing an article that just kind of got my juices flowing, and I want to share it with you. We're talking, first of all, the difference between smuggling and trafficking. There is a difference. In smuggling, you pay a coyote money with a little bit of uh, help. He brings you up here, and he lets you go. And this article is implying like it all takes place that way. You give them $5,000, they bring you up here, they let you go. Now, I can tell you that it's been many years since this has really happened this way. They bring you up here and then they say they need more money or they're going to violate your people back home. And that you then, if you if you pay your coyote money and he brings you up here and he lets you go, you are... Uh, you know, you've broken a federal law, you're a criminal, and you are involved in human smuggling, but you are not a victim of human trafficking. It becomes human trafficking when you pay your coyote money and he brings you up here, but he doesn't let you go, which is most often the scenario. He wants more money, uh, he's going to put you out to work, he's going to take a piece of the action, that kind of thing, and they will threaten your family back home. You are now a victim of human trafficking. Human trafficking involves things like force, fear, fraud, and coercion. So, you know, we're talking about how big a deal this is. And what got my interest was this Homeland Security secretary says that on average they're making about $500 million a year. Now, she's doing that on a very basic formula. She says, okay, we caught 100,000 people last year. Uh, trying to come in illegally, and each of those probably paid five thousand dollars a piece, so it's worth five hundred million. Well, this guy's, uh, you know, who is a supposedly a fact checker for the Washington Post, I guess, decided that he had a more uh, accurate opinion of this. I don't necessarily agree with him, but I'm going to share it with you, and then I will counter it because I believe that uh, he's kidding himself, quite frankly, on this. 
anyway, what he's saying, and, he, and he's trying to be fair. He's saying, okay, 100,000 people, $5,000, okay, that's a half million. Then he goes on to say that um, we think the number of people paying smugglers is actually much higher, but wanted to provide a conservative effort, estimate. This is what the lady from Homeland Security said. Uh, this, of course, does not include those who paid to be smuggled across the borders and are not caught, okay? Uh, some might say it's conservative. Might, some might think it's arbitrary. There's really no rhyme or reason for the fact that she picked one-third of the people uh, caught are being counted, especially since presumably people who are not caught are also might rely on smugglers. Uh, he's quoting Gabriela Sanchez, the author of Human Smuggling and Border Crossings, a 2016 book based on interviews with smugglers. She researches migrant smuggling at the Migration Policy Center in Florence. When it comes to smuggling, Sanchez uh, estimates the numbers are always made up. Well, I would guess that's true. It's an illegal activity, and so nobody's filling out forms and making reports. Sanchez said one problem with Nielsen's figures that it assumes a $5,000 smuggling fee. That's a reasonable figure getting across the border between the U.S. and Mexico, which she said averages between $4,500 and $5,500, though in March smugglers were offering a 20% discount because they're not getting enough clients. Now, you hear this both ways. $5,000 is the number that I'm most familiar with with people who came up here. Now, that's the initial fee. Now, you're talking about people coming from Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, those people crossing through Mexico. But I know of one case where two um, Chinese girls were smuggled in through a Mexican coyote and they paid $40,000 a piece. So they're not taking into consideration anybody other than the norm, okay? And they're they're assuming and basing this only on one-third of the people that were caught so that they can be, as, uh, they're minor or, you know, maybe more accurate in their estimates. They're saying the fees paid by Central Americans fleeing Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador are likely to be higher, Many people, they say, another wrinkle will never finish paying off their fees. The facilitators are flexible because if not, they know a client who can go to someone else, so they cut their prices to get clients, and then clients vanish. Moreover, she said the money paid to smugglers stays along the trail, as smugglers need to pay rent too, contrary to the image conjured up by Nielsen's transnational criminals, criminals, Smugglers are often just low-level independent operators loosely uh, connected to others trying to make a buck. She said the biggest cost in the smuggler operation was corruption, the fees paid to police and border agents. One smuggler told Sanchez his profit margin was only about 25 to 35%. So what's interesting here to me is that I think these numbers are very low. And... um, I'm going to just keep reading here for a minute. So the United Nations Office of Drug and Crime estimated in 2010 report that human smuggling in the U.S. paid a revenue of $6.6 billion in 2008, but that was based on only 661,000 apprehensions a year. What you're not taking into account is we've had an administration who said that it was okay to have these open borders. And so you cannot use 2008 numbers if you're going to try to verify just how big this uh, is. 
This person ultimately says probably 500 million estimate is not wildly off base, but it appears derived from arbitrary metrics. Well, so are, are his, quite frankly. Here's where I'm coming from on this so that we don't get lost in the weeds. I know people who have come up here illegally because they get violated once they're here. And what happens is they do pay, if they're from one of the Latin American countries, they do pay about $5,000. But then when they get up here, most of them are not free to go. And in fact, what you're seeing is many of the coyotes were staying, and you're seeing many unaccompanied minors coming up here during the time that we have the unaccompanied minor program. And so what happens once they get here is they are billed then another three to $5,000. Most of those people do not have that money. And so they are then trafficked, like in human traffic. So uh, by allowing the illegal immigration to continue as a way of life, is basically opening the door and endorsing further human trafficking. Now, not every one of them are, but many of them are. And so they get into death bondage. And we see this over and over and over again, where literally as they're here, they are, you know, many of them are put out for sex. And when they do, they are charged for every mattress they use. They're charged to be driven to the hotel. They're charged for the ads that were being placed. You know, they're charged for all kinds of things. The same kind of thing often happens for males in labor trafficking. You know, you see a lot of those vendors out there selling their, you know, fruit or their watermelon or their whatever they're selling. And what is happening is they are paying a fee back to the cartel for that. They're being charged rent. In fact, these gangs that are using our kids for sex trafficking, they're not only taking that money, but they're sending that money back to cartels where cartels get bigger. And these gangs all pay rent. They all pay taxes. Okay, so it is a huge, you know, I I would guess it's well over a trillion dollar enterprise once you start to understand the flow of money. They also, what has happened, I know of a particular case here where, you know, a a young man from a Latin America country, I won't say where because I certainly would never put them in danger, but excellent, excellent people. They came here undocumented, but they work hard. They do well. They live in the shadows. They still have to pay uh, taxes back to their coyotes. Okay. But what happens is they send that money back home. There's a big fee for getting that money back home. And what happened there was that he had been building up a bank account back home. I won't say what country. And in order with the idea that he can go back home and be with his wife and be with his children and raise them and like that. And somebody was tracking the money that he was sending. And it was probably a bank employee back home that is part of the cartel. One day, they accompanied his sister who went to the bank to make a deposit for him. And they robbed her of every dime he had. That tells him that people at the bank in their country tell the cartel who has any money. And so they can't afford to put the money in the bank. 
then again, they live in a country where the rule of law is really broken down and they're afraid to keep it at home also. So these people are being, being highly violated. But what I want to share with you is they are being violated by people from their own country. In other words, it's not necessarily Americans who are violating these undocumented people up here. In fact, I know many, many Americans that are trying to help the good ones succeed. You know, but there is an any time you start to have a criminal enterprise that exists by breaking federal law and preying on people who want to break federal law and getting those people to pay you so that you can break that federal law, you are dealing with organized crime. And what you're seeing here is a financial enterprise where organized crime gets bigger and the victim gets more and more victimized and we all lose when that happens. And so I think it's important that we stop and take a look at the cost of smuggling and human trafficking all being done in the name of humanity. You know, there are some of the people who come here and do well and they get out of the shadows. But that is not to overlook all the people who are being exploited. And it's really an interesting conversation that we're having about how all of this is really rosy. These people all just kind of take a Greyhound bus to get up here and then we pick them up and take them to the spa. You know, who are we kidding? Because there are people who are being violated and for us to pretend they're not is not helpful to anybody. This is Opal Singleton. We're up against that break. So I'm going to ask you to stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by Million Kids. I hope each and every one of you will follow Million Kids on Facebook. Uh, And we also have millionkids.org that you can go to. It's really, really important, I think, to understand what the cycle of money that is taking place here and how big this enterprise is and what is really, really happening. Now, you know, as I reread this article, this is just a guy who's fact-checking to see if they're being honest. And at the end of the day, he says, yeah, $500 million is probably as good an estimate as you're going to get based on the fact that there are there is really no bookkeeping going on here. But what the reason this show is important to me to be able to have this dialogue is it overlooks the kind of uh, in-the-shadow enterprise that is taking place here. They're just talking the $500 million is just based on assuming a third of the numbers that they have, the people paid $5,000, and that gets you to $500 million. But that doesn't cover it. I mean, it you know, it doesn't talk about the fact that that they pay additional after they get here. They, you know, there many of them, especially the coyotes, stay. Many of them are charging and paying rent or taxes by gangs. And so, what I really wanted to consider here is what is the reality of the true cost of of human trafficking based on coming up through that border. And one of the things that we know that this is untaxed money, by the way, that's going on. It's not, you know, nobody, it's below the the underground. It's money laundering money. So nobody's paying taxes to make Mexico better or make El Salvador better or Guatemala better so that their country will be a better country so they can stay. And certainly nobody's paying the taxes in the U.S. for this money. This is all you know, underground money that is being paid here that society is not benefiting from. What it's doing is fueling criminal enterprise. The major cartels are getting bigger. So the more this goes on, you know, uh, the the dialogue in the in the newspaper is all about, you know, the individual that gets here. And I get it. I'm at the bottom line. I am all about humanity. That's why I'm into combating human trafficking. But what is an interesting thing to me is financially what is happening is you've created a huge underground economy, you know, probably a trillion dollars, more than most of those countries are worth. And so what is happening is none of the money is going for the good of society. 
And, and, you know, we all say, well, that's what that person has to do to get here. I agree the system is broken because as long as we have broken systems, there is going to be exploited humanity because they're trying to get out of a broken society and they are paying everything they have. I know many of these people that are up here from uh, Nicaragua and Honduras and Guatemala they live up here for three, five, ten years. They try to get their family up here. Many of them don't see their children raised. You know, they live apart from their families. And it is a real, not a healthy situation. You are not using the funding to build a healthy society, to build schools for their kids back home. You know, so one of the things I want to just kind of remind you is that just because they get here, they're not necessarily free. As you've often heard me say, I'm always amazed at our society when I hear all these reports in the newspaper, we act like these people arrived on a Greyhound bus. You know, 70% of the women who come up on that train are raped. And then when they get, and some of the men get raped along the way, they get beaten up, they get treated horribly. You know, the Mexicans prey on the Latino country people that are coming through there. They don't want them any more than, than we want illegal and undocumented people coming into our country. And I'm sorry if the word illegal offends you, but, you know, they are breaking a federal law. So I know we all feel better when we rename it, but it is illegal to come into the United States without going through the legal system, which all the rest of us are required to do. You know, I can't I can't just decide not to pay my taxes. I can't decide not to get a driver's license. I have to follow the rule of law as a citizen and yet we're we're out of the name of humanity. And quite frankly, I think it's a pseudo humanity. We need a much better system where people can apply and come into our country legally, pay taxes, get educated, and contribute to society. But it doesn't work that way. The other thing that we see is that ethnicities prey on their own. In other words, what happens is that you see Mexicans preying on undocumented Mexicans. You see uh, Guatemalans preying on undocumented Guatemalans. And so they prey on their own because it's their underground system that they control. But that does not make that person any safer. I share that with you because I uh, have, when I talked about labor trafficking and, and the unaccompanied minor program, uh, you know, there was a situation back east. In fact, there was a documentary not too long ago. I think it was on CNN. I can't remember what it was on. But it was all about this egg farm uh, back in Ohio. And four young men who were 14 years old, they were really great young men trying to escape the, the gangs in El Salvador. They came up here and they got across the border as unaccompanied minor. They were accepted. And someone, no, they weren't to El Salvador, they were from Guatemala. Anyway, uh, someone from Guatemala said, hey, I'll get you a job on an egg farm back in Ohio. You can go to school. We'll give you a place to live. Well, how cool is that when you're 14 and you want to be an American and have the America dream? And so they went for it. These guys were forced to, to shovel chicken poop all day long. Okay, 
And they were they were forced to cut the beaks off chickens all day long. They almost never got any sleep. They were never paid, and they never saw the sights of school. So what I'm saying here is that cartel is making money off their work because you know that they are sending that money back home. These these cartels are using these undocumented workers to come in and literally deforest all up in Northern California. They're planting all these huge pot farms and are being labor trafficked up there. So, you know, that money goes back home. When they set up those little vendor carts, they pay rent. And I know from the various gangs that we have arrested for sex trafficking, they have been preying on our foster kids, homeless runaway kids. The Bulldog Gang up in Fresno is a good example. In that case, they were recruiting women all across America, to, and they, were rec- they thought they were falling in love with a boyfriend or getting a modeling job. And the next thing you know, they're out in sex trafficking, and all that money is going back to the cartel. So one more time, what you're seeing here is large amounts of money that are that are being put out here that are going to build cartels. Again, this is being done on the backs of their own people. So we're talking about how much do cartels really make? You know, we have seen out in our agriculture areas, and this is very true up in uh, the central uh, California area, what will happen is the cartels, the smugglers, will separate off the females from the guys and put the females out in these sex camps, these casitas, and and the cartels then take the, the field workers. Now, let me make something very clear. Not everyone out there picking your vegetables is being violated. I'm not going to suggest that. There are some amazing people, and they run legitimate camps, and they pay their people a fair wage, and they they watch for the heat, and they have fair labor conditions. But there are also people who take advantage of those that live in the shadows. You know, and this gets very, very violent. And I often talk of a case that of a El Salvadoran man who was burned, he was raped, he was cut. They held him hostage on a ranch in Texas for four months. They never paid him anything, and he was held by his own ethnicity. And all of the money that is being generated out of that, because somebody's paying for that work, and that money is going back to make the cartel bigger. Again, it's untaxed money that is undercover and is not going to build a society anywhere where their lives will get better. It is true slavery, and nobody's really talking about the slave element involved in human smuggling and human trafficking, the slave element preying on undocumented people, both minors and males and women. And it is a very real fact within our community. But what has happened is we have imported the cartel in California. I can guarantee you they're here. You know, just yesterday I was speaking down in Orange County and out of Whittier, the, the Mexican mafia, they went after them. Uh, we had it out here in Riverside County. They have it over in San Bernardino County. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to the sheriffs uh, in both counties and the district attorneys of both counties that are willing to go through and try to root this out and have these major uh, 
uh, bus on here, and it, and it is not cheap, and it is not easy. I mean, in our area, they took 400 people out of four in the morning, and they got 97 of the Serenias and Mexican Mafia. This was in a small community where they were preying on kids in school, preying on agriculture workers, and making people pay rent and pay taxes back to the cartel. So there is a huge more amount of money that has been taking place right here in our own community based on trafficking that is unable to be calculated. I mean, this lady is trying to be kind by taking only a third of the number of the people who got caught and basing it only on $5,000, and that reaches $500 million. But if you start to calculate the amount of money that is being made in the shadows, that is being made in the follow-up after they're here, that is being made off of labor trafficking of males and labor trafficking and sex trafficking of females. You know, we've had a case here where the women were forced to do sometimes 25, 35 men a day, never got a dime. And, you know, that means if they're getting paid $15 a pop, or the number runs 17 to 23, that all that money is going back to the cartel. No taxes, no recognition, underground economy, no societies getting better. The cartel gets bigger. This is why this is worth talking about. We have to stop and educate our society of the reality of what's taking place here. My name is Opal Singleton. We're up against this break here. Going to ask you to stay with me. I'm going to be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. I want to just 
thank each and every one of you that listen to this show, that listen to the archive, that forward these archives to people, that allow this to go on and share with people around the world. You know, smuggling and trafficking is not unique just to the United States. And uh, we are seeing entire societies be absolutely redefined, cultures completely turned upside down all around the world. We are seeing smuggling coming into Italy, and Italy has been completely redefined. Uh, France, you know, uh, France has these huge no-go zones now where police don't even go into some communities to try to enforce the rule of law because so much of the um, of other cultures have come in there and set up private societies. You're seeing it all across up in Sweden and Norway and uh, all across Eastern Europe. You're seeing it out of Burma and Thailand and coming out of uh, Burma and in, in you get areas like Mesot, which is a, um, basically a trash dump where the people, the refugees from Burma are there. So, you know, this is never, ever clear cut. I get it. You know, whole societies are being turned upside down right now. I'm in the process of writing my next book on this, and I hope you will help me and support that effort. But one of the the things that you see there in that in that kind of thing is that the it ends up with people being enslaved and you're creating an underground economy that does no good to support the rule of law or organized society. In other words, this will never get better. It will only get worse as this is happening. So I really want to kind of identify how all of this works. You know, one one of the things that really got my attention on this is uh, because of all the conversation going on about MS-13 right now. Well, you know, President Trump aside, I've been talking about MS-13 and their violence for a long time. We see that here in L.A. And uh, they came in and uh, MS-13 operates as a franchise. In other words, they disperse out to cliques. And so they're not as visible as, say, somebody like Bloods and Crips and, you know, tiny rascals and gangs that you can see in conglomerate. Uh, they kind of move below the radar. And But what was interesting to me is, and of course, their rape, control, and kill, I think, is their motto. And one of the cases that got my attention was this young lady back east. She was 15, and she was dating a gang guy. Well, she was dating another guy and flirting with a gang guy, and that, that gang decided that she's in a love triangle and she needed to pay. She, they sent her a Facebook message, and she showed up. They wanted to meet with her. And I can just imagine this girl going, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen here, blah, blah, blah. She was never, ever able to understand her culture. And I, I would guess she was Mexican. She looked Mexican or Latino, at least. And, you know, I would guess that she was never, ever wild, her wild guess what was about to happen. But what happened and what caught my attention on it was they had taken uh, taken fence posts and sharpened them with machetes. And when she got there, they stripped her naked and then took turns stabbing her to death, 10 of them. But here's what was important to me, besides the horrific nature of this, is they filmed it, they narrated it like making a documentary, and they transmitted it back to El Salvador. Now, here's my point. They still report to El Salvador 
they're up here building their gangs and making their influence in our society, seeping out money everywhere they can of their own people, of our people, of any people they can, pledging allegiance to MS-13 in El Salvador. Otherwise, they would not be transmitting that back home. And so I I share that with you because I want you to step out of this argument that is going on on CNN and Fox and all these others about, you know, I, I get the face of an undocumented person having to live in the shadows. They are, in fact, here without documentation, and many of them are excellent people, but they are not free because many of them still fear the cartel. And many of them are still paying either rent or taxes to cartel through their work. And many of them are still in debt bondage. And so they are not truly free. As long as they come in without documentation, they are going to owe money to the underground. As long as we have this underground society here that is operating illegally and preying on people, and it doesn't really pop up until the exploitation gets really exceptional, like this young girl. In the meantime, these people are paying quietly, working hard, trying to send the money back home, trying to keep the money back home. And it is an underground society where no one is free. And it is funding the building of large-scale organized crime that is taking over our society that has rule of law. And when you start to see countries like Mexico, El Salvador, and Guatemala, they are in the condition they're in because the cartels took over. The only reason we have our freedom, the only reason we are not paying taxes to to mafia organized crime is that we've had law enforcement that has been willing to enforce the rule of law and let us set up an organized society where we can all be free and not have to pay taxes to anybody other than the government to run the society. And so, you know, how much... Do cartels really make? Well, her estimate was $500 million. But if you add into that, and that's based on one-third of the people and only $5,000, that does not take in all the drug money they are making by planting pot farms, by selling illegal drugs, by selling opiates, by selling people. And we now know they are making more money selling people, our people, our people right here in our communities, as well as their people, and quite frankly, I don't care if it's ours or theirs, no human being ought to be exploited. So the cost of smuggling and the cost of trafficking is most likely over a trillion dollars, but it's just a number. The real cost is that there are human beings with real souls, and I don't care what ethnicity you are, I don't care what country you come from, I don't care if you're male or female, I don't care if you're adult or child, no human being ought to be exploited like that, and no society should be promoting an underground economy or an underground culture that allows to quietly exploit people so that 
they believe that that's going to end to the good because they know some people who are getting hurt. I get it, and some of them are not. But we must fight for the rights of every one of us to not be exploited. This is Opal Singleton. The organization is millionkids.org. I'd ask you to pray about supporting us financially by going to www.millionkids.org. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you following us. I hope you follow us on Facebook at Million Kids. And we will talk to you next Thursday. Thanks for being our friends, folks, and we'd ask for your prayers this week. Thank you much. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.